Amen and amen. We praise the Lord for that testimony today and how appropriate that today we're looking at the topic of the courage because I suspect that it took Brian some courage to come up today. He's not the preacher, he's the worship arts pastor, so this was out of his comfort zone just a little bit, and, but we're grateful for him. But we've, what we've been doing is we've been looking at this idea of discipleship looking at Disciple You as a discipleship university, but also sort of play on words so that you are discipled and I am discipled, and what does that look like in our daily lives? And so we're continuing through this series, and today we're looking at what does it take, to, what, how do we have the courage to be a disciple? What does that look like? And over the years, I have met quite a few people who are people of courage, and those people of the faith had great courage were those folks like missionaries who, if the, if, as they go into these countries that are difficult places, and as they walk into those places, they minister in those places, and they point people to Jesus in those places, if the authorities were to find out about them, they would be in, in dire trouble. There would be a persecution. There would possibly be uh, arrest, maybe even uh, martyrdom. Uh, the, 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 even some folks from this church who have gone out on the mission field, I consider them to have great courage to step out into those areas Uh, and be faithful to God's call upon their lives. I think about chaplains who are on the front lines in our military who need great courage as well, Uh, not only in dealing with all the the difficulties of being on front lines, but then also being on the front lines spiritually, especially in this culture in which we live. I think about their courage. And I think about also church planters who are willing to go into the very dark cities, the, the cities, major cities of our nation today, and who are out there and are willing to, to bring their wife and their children into a place that's a very difficult place. As a matter of fact, this week, I had the privilege of going to Portland, Oregon. And as, while I was in Portland, I uh, met a six or seven church planters uh, and their families. And just to watch and hear their story and how some had even left other countries, from China or Romania, and God has called them here to America... Others who in very safe places across our, our country and yet willing to go to a place that's a very dark place, a place like Portland, uh, Oregon. Uh, it is, uh, when you look at the statistics of that place, it says that they're 10% evangelical or 10% of the population go to evangelical churches. That doesn't mean that they're all Christians, uh, that, that 10%, but it certainly means that 90% or more are likely lost, needing to know Jesus. And those kinds of cities can be very dark cities. As a matter of fact, one of the themes of Portland is to keep Portland weird. And they're doing a real good job of that, by the way. There's some weird people in Portland. But here's the gospel. Jesus died for weird people too. Amen? And weird people need to know about Jesus, right? And he is still calling people out, church planters, to go into places that are very difficult, even in uh, the suburbs of Portland, but also in the downtown areas of, of uh, Portland, and just like Portland, all over the place. And it takes courage to be a disciple, to answer the call of God, to go to places that are not comfortable as they leave their comfort zones, taking their families and, and, and making a trek all the way across the country to a place like Portland, in, because God has called them there to point people to Jesus who really don't want to know about Jesus. That takes courage. Amen? It takes courage. And so then as we think about that courage, how do we as disciples have courage today? Do we want to have courage? I think we do. 
Do we have, how do we have that courage to stand against the tide of our culture? How do we have the courage to speak up and be a witness for Jesus Christ? How do we have the courage to go wherever He leads and doing whatever it takes? Well, we look to the early church, and we see how the early church had courage. Even they, to the point of death, had courage. So what was it about these disciples in the early church? What was it about them that they had such great courage? Well, let's look in the book of Acts. That's a great place to begin when you think about the early church. And Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And so we're going to read that together in honor and reverence to the Word of God. If you'd please stand so that I could read this passage of Scripture for you this morning. These 11 verses, Luke The author of the Gospel, Luke, writes also the book of Acts, and he says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And now when he had spoken these things, when Jesus had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, guide us in the midst of the word being spoken and preached today. And may you grant to us, O God, in the culture in which we live, to our families, to our friends, to our acquaintances, to the mission field that you have granted to each one of us, may you give us the courage that is needed to be your disciple. And help us to see what that looks like here. And press it in upon our hearts. Lord, may you have your way in us. If there are those here today that don't know Jesus, may this be that time of salvation in their own hearts and lives. And we pray for those of us who have trusted you as Savior and Lord, that Lord, you use this time to encourage us and to grant us courage to live that life out daily. But Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditation of your heart, my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, you see the outline for today's message here uh, in, the, in the bulletin. And we look first off, what was it about the disciples that they had courage? And the first thing we see is that there is a presence. A presence. Not like Christmas presents, okay, no. There's a presence, being present. There's a presence here. And when you look at the life of the early church, and specifically when you look at the disciples, we see people here in these disciples and the early church who gave their all for Christ. They were all in for Jesus Christ. Amen? You remember that? 
They're all in for Christ. They gave their all for Jesus. And so we look at these disciples, and they had to stand firm in the midst of beatings. They had to stand true in the midst of persecution. They had to stand up in the midst of societal backlash and even martyrdom. And yet they maintained that courage to be true to the faith, to be true to Jesus Christ. How did they do it? Well, we come to Acts 1, we see clearly how. This passage points to Jesus' last words to the disciples before ascending into heaven. But what we also know about these disciples, this early church, is that they, watch this now, they had been present with the risen Jesus Christ for 40 days. They had been present with Jesus for 40 days. If you look again in verses 1 through 3, as as Luke writes, he says, This former account I made of Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles, whom he chose, and watch this, to whom he, Jesus, also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So what that tells us is that the disciples knew that Jesus had died on the cross. They witnessed his crucifixion. They knew that he was dead. But now also they have witnessed his resurrection. They know that he is alive. Come on now, you can do better than that. He's alive, I'm telling you. And so as he's alive, they saw this Jesus on more than one occasion over a period of 40 days. They saw Jesus. They walked with him and they talked with him. They had been present with him in an upper room. They had been with him in this upper room and he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. There were times when he ate with them and drank with them. They knew that this was Jesus. In these verses, he presented himself alive after his suffering, the Bible says. He presented himself alive after his suffering. This, listen, this is why we are here. This is why we're here, that he presented himself alive after his suffering. That's the, why, that's the faith that we have today. This was the heart of the disciples' message, that Jesus died on the cross but that he did not stay in the tomb. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. And they could tell it because they had witnessed it. So they have the presence of Jesus, and it's what they knew to be true. As a witness, it's what they knew was real. It had happened, and they saw it, they witnessed it. You know, when you think about this idea of being a witness, I don't know if any of you have ever had the illustrious fun of sitting on a witness stand as a witness. But when you, if you ever do, when you sit on the witness stand as a witness, the judge, as he, or the lawyer has asked you, the judge is not interested in your opinion. And the judge is not interested in what you think. He only wants to know one thing. What do you know? What do you know? And so these had the courage as witnesses Because they knew something. Rather, they knew someone. They knew Jesus and they had been with him. They knew the resurrection, the crucifixion was real, and also that the resurrection had really happened. 
You see, that resurrection, that raising up from the dead, that was a full, listen, that was a full and final victory over death. They saw Jesus, they knew that he had been dead, he had been buried in a borrowed tomb, and now they saw three days later he was alive, and he's walked with them now for 40 days. Jesus lives. That tells them that death, there's no need to be afraid of death. There's no bondage in this thing called death. There is no fear in this thing called death. Death has no hold on them. And brothers and sisters, as believers, death has no hold on us either. And so that because of that, they were able to have courage. Because they had witnessed these things and they had been with Jesus, the disciples had courage. They had been, listen, they had been locked up in fear of what the Jewish leaders would do to them, but not now because Jesus lives. The question for them is, what can man do to us? Jesus has defeated death. It's over. for We don't have to worry about this death thing any longer. Their lives had been changed, and it was obvious. They had been with Jesus. Matter of fact, last week, if you remember, we talked about in Acts chapter 4, where, if you will recall, Peter and John were arrested after a lame man was healed in Jesus' name by them at the temple. And so this caused quite a commotion. The Sanhedrin arrested them. And so Peter and John are standing before the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin are the very people who had condemned Jesus to death. And yet what we find in Acts chapter 4 is there's Peter standing in front of these people who had condemned Jesus to death. And he says these words to them in verses 10 through 12. And this is just a portion of what he had to say. But he said, let it be known to you all, as he's standing here before these people, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, it's by him that this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Peter is preaching that to the very people who condemned Christ to death. Man, what courage! What courage he had! And see what the religious leader said about him. And about John in Acts 4.13, it tells us there, when they saw, when these religious leaders saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they weren't so smart, they said. They marveled at that, but watch this. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. The presence of Jesus gave them courage. Do we know, listen friends, do we know the courage that only the presence of Jesus brings? Do people say about you, they have been with Jesus? But pastor, I can understand how the disciples had courage because they were with him, but they saw him with their own eyes. They saw Jesus, they saw his hands, and they ate with him. They were there with him. Beloved, listen. We, listen, we may not have seen his hands or eaten with Jesus, but we know this. We have seen his hand at work in our own lives, and we also have fellowship with him, spending time with him, and he with us.
We can have the presence of Jesus because He lives. Because He lives. The question is, is have you been with Jesus? Do you know Him? Not do you have an opinion of Him, or what do you know about Him, or what do you think about Him. Do you know Him? Do you know Him? Do you know this Jesus? You see, friends, the disciples' lives were changed because they had been with Jesus and He had made a difference in their lives. So the question for us is, is has He made a difference in your life? Because, listen to this, no one wants to hear about the difference that Jesus has made in your life if He really hasn't made a difference in your life. Amen? Has He made a difference in your life? And share that with people. Have the courage. Do, how do you have courage? By being in His presence. Spending time with Him. Secondly, how do you have courage? And we see here, now that they were in His presence, but also we find the power. If you look at verses 4 through 8, it says, As being assembled together with them, He commanded them, Jesus commanded them, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise, which is the Holy Spirit of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, many day, not many days from now. Therefore, when they'd come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will, will you uh, at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He's saying to them, look, they're going to need boldness. The disciples, you're going to need boldness and courage to be the witnesses that Jesus has commissioned them to be. He has been with them, but now he tells them of the power. The power that they're going to need to be the witnesses. Now, now look, I mean, after all, this really, is, this really is what we're talking about, right? This is what we're talking about, having courage. Courage to live out this life of being a disciple. The courage to tell other people. The courage to be a witness. I mean, chances are that if you were to survey everybody in this room, and probably Christians the world wide over that a good 90% of them, if not more, would say, if, there's one, if you were to ask them, what's something that if you could change, you'd want to change in your life as a disciple? Probably 90% of us would say, oh, I wish I had more courage to speak more openly about Jesus with my family, my friends, and people I come in contact with. Amen? Would you say that's true? We want courage. Courage to speak up. Courage to say that Jesus lives, to be that witness. You see, here he's telling them, Jesus is telling them there to be a witness, And he's giving them the power. The word witness itself, the word in the Greek means one who dies for his faith. As a matter of fact, that's where we get our word here for martyr. As witnesses of Christ in these disciples, this was often the price that they paid, the giving of their life to be his witness. And we think about what courage they would need to be that witness for Christ. Now, as Jesus gives them this command that they're to be his witness and tells them about the power, you know, he doesn't say, well, you know, I got this thing I want y'all to do. You be my witnesses and, hey, give it your best shot and uh, let's just see what happens. That's not what Jesus does, is it? No, he says you're to be my witnesses, but here's the thing. He says you shall receive power. 
The word for power is dynamos, which is where we get our word dynamite. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The disciples, listen, the disciples didn't always understand everything that we see, everything that, 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 that they heard Jesus say as we see them asking about the kingdom there in verse 7. But they didn't need to understand everything. But Jesus let them know all things would be fulfilled in the Father's time. But what he did offer them was the power through the Holy Spirit. You see, earlier before the crucifixion, Jesus had told them that he would give them the Holy Spirit. In the book of Luke, we find, Behold, he said to the disciples, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued or clothed with power from on high. In John chapter 6, verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. He is telling them of the promise of the Father, which is the Spirit, who is coming. And so what we find here in Acts chapter 2 is that the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost and he fills the believers. And when that happens, we find that Peter begins to preach that Jesus is Lord and Christ and he tells all the people that they need to repent and be baptized. And as we look at Peter here, what do we see? We see a man who has courage as he was filled with the Holy Spirit. In chapter 4, again, as he addresses the Sanhedrin, we find that it tells us there that he is filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the power of the Holy Spirit was given, and as the Holy Spirit is within the disciples, they have the courage. And brothers and sisters, so do we. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us as believers, we have the courage. Because here's the thing. The Holy Spirit, as a believer, dwells within each and every believer. And the Holy Spirit gives us what to say as we point people to Jesus. He gives us the strength. He gives us the power. He gives us the boldness. He gives us the courage to say what needs to be said. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul writes there in verse 16, he says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The Holy Spirit's power within us gives us what we need to be strengthened to do what we need to do for the glory of God as his witnesses. Somebody once said this, this quote, The task ahead of us is never as great as the power behind us. We're concerned about how we're going to say things, how we're going to witness. But listen, the task ahead of us is never as great as the power that is behind us. And the power, listen, the power behind us is the power that is within us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. He gives us the power to accomplish His purposes for His glory, and that gives us courage. And so we see in the disciples that they had courage and boldness. And it came from being in his presence, but also it came from the power of the Holy Spirit. But also, thirdly, we see this third thing, and that is that they had a promise. They had a promise. Now, the disciples, if you recall, as we've read through the scriptures, the disciples had been promised the Holy Spirit. As we, and we know that the Lord indeed kept that promise of, of sending the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit came at Pentecost. He says, the Spirit's coming, and the Spirit came. But here also, as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, we also find another promise that is given here. When you go back and look at verse 9 and following, it says, When Jesus had spoken these things, he just told them about the power of the Holy Spirit that's coming on them to to help them to be the witnesses. When he had just spoken these things, while they watched, 
They're looking at Jesus. While they're watching him, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Wow. Okay, they're talking to Jesus. Jesus is talking to them and all of a sudden, Jesus begins to ascend into the heavens and a cloud envelops him and they see him no more. And so it tells us here in verse 10, and while they look steadfastly toward heaven, they're watching and they're standing and he's disappeared and they're still standing and they're still watching and they're still standing. Maybe they're thinking he's going to come right back. They looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. So they're looking up, and all of a sudden, there's two, two men in white apparel standing next to them. That might have freaked them out just a little bit. What do you think? Just a tad. And he, these, these two men say to them, watch this. Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Because this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, watch will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. In other words, don't keep standing there looking up. He's coming back. This Jesus is coming back. Get out there and get busy. That's what he's saying to them. He is coming back. That's the promise. He will come back in the same way. These disciples had been with Jesus. They would have the power of the Holy Spirit. And now they also had this promise that Jesus would return. And so they believed. They really believed the promise that they would see Jesus again. They are assured the return of Jesus would be just as real as the ascension of Jesus. Now, friends, listen. Knowing that this, this world is not all that there is. Knowing that to live is Christ and to die is gain. Knowing that one day we will see Jesus face to face. Knowing that he will return for us at his coming or in our death, whichever comes first. And knowing that he keeps his promises always. Beloved, this gives us courage. So disciples, we can have the same courage as those early disciples, as we are in his presence, and we have his power, and we can claim his promise. Amen? Amen. All right, class, here are your assignments. All right? Your assignments, know, be, and do. The first thing that you need to know, the thing that you need to really take away about this idea of having courage as disciples, this is what you need to know. You need to know the presence, the power, and the promise of God. You need to know the presence of God, the power of God, and the promise of God. The presence, as we said, know the presence, and that is you gain that presence of Jesus as you are a child of God. You fellowship with Him. You get to know Him as you spend time with Him. Spend time with with Jesus. Amen? Amen? I'm not talking now, lay me down to sleep, all right? I'm talking spending time with Jesus. Get to know Him, be in His presence, fellowship with Him. Know the power of the Lord, the power of God. As a believer, know the Holy Spirit dwells in you as a believer. He has not left us helpless. He enables us. He's given us what we need. Know the power 
of God and know the promise of God. Always be looking to that day when we know that we're going to see Jesus face to face. Death has no sting. Death has no hold. We will see him face to face. And that's good, amen? Amen. Let's know that. Know that as we have to have the courage. Know that. And then secondly, to be. What do you need to be? All right, well, you need to be a witness. We all need to be a witness. Now, understand that that's not pastor's recommendation to you. That is God's command to us. Be a witness. It is a command. As a matter of fact, in today's scripture, we saw two commands for those early disciples. Do you remember seeing that? In verse 4, we saw that Jesus commanded them not to depart Jerusalem. Told the disciples, look, don't depart Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. The second command was that they were to be witnesses to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, as we look at those two commands, one, to wait until the promise comes, the promise of the Holy Spirit, and the second one, once he comes as the power, you are to go and be witnesses. Here's the deal. The Spirit has come. The Holy Spirit has come. He came at Pentecost. He still dwells within believers today who know Christ as Savior. So in other words, we don't have to follow the first command any longer. We don't need to wait anymore to be those witnesses. But unfortunately, there are too many who are still waiting in their safe Jerusalems, waiting for, in their upper rooms, waiting for something. Listen, friends, the time of waiting is over. It's time to to obey the second command, which is to be a witness because the power has come through the Holy Spirit. Be a witness. Know, be, and then do. And here's what we need to do. Ask the Lord for courage. And ask Him for obedience to have gospel conversations with other people. Ask the Lord for courage and obedience to have those gospel conversations to go and to do. Listen, Lord, give me courage. Help me to be obedient, to have those gospel conversations, to go and to do whatever it takes, wherever he calls, wherever he leads. Do that. Do that. And be genuine when you ask for that, for the courage, and help me be obedient. My mind goes back to those church planters. And the courage in which they had, and they have, as God is still calling them to the dark places of North America. And my mind goes to those missionaries who have been in this very room, on this platform and on that floor, that we have come around and that we have prayed for, that God would protect them and guide them and give them wisdom and give them courage. As they are in places that are dark places and difficult places, and that the authorities would not see them, but the people who needed to know Jesus would. We've prayed those prayers, and I think about the courage that they had. Brothers and sisters, we need to at least pray for the same courage to just go across the street or speak to our neighbor or speak to the person in line at the grocery store or the people at the restaurant and to be faithful. But here's the thing. I'm convinced that that for us, sometimes it's not necessarily courage that we're lacking, but rather it's just simple obedience. We just need to obey, to obey the Lord. And as we obey, he gives us that courage. Amen? Amen. Let us be faithful. And it all begins with that first step. If you've never known, never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life,
You need to know that this Jesus, who enables us, who loves us, who helps us, who walks with us, who gives us hope, this Jesus died for you. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ, he loves you, he went to the cross for you, and we need to know that we're all sinners in need of a Savior. Turning from our sin and turning to Jesus, which is repentance of our sin, saying, I'm sorry, Lord, for my sin, and also embracing it at the same time, believing with all of our heart that this Jesus is God's Son who died on the cross for me, taking my penalty, and rose again bodily from the grave. Embracing, believing that with all of our heart, professing Him as the Lord of our life. It's a step of faith. If you've never taken that step of faith, today's the day of salvation. God's calling you to Himself to be saved. Say yes to Jesus. Brothers and sisters, those of us who've known Jesus for some time in our lives, God's calling each of us today, reminded us it's time to be courageous. It's time to speak up and to say what we need to say on behalf of Christ to the people around us. Pray for the courage. Ask God to give us the courage. Do that. Be the witness and know the courage because of the power, the presence, and the promise of God. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd have your way in our hearts and lives this morning. We pray that you'd speak to us, draw us to yourself. Lord, we pray for those that may not know Christ and you're dealing with them even now to say yes to Jesus. I pray, Father, that this, as we sing this hymn of invitation here in just a moment, that you would work in their hearts and give them courage to just step out and take Pastor Joe and myself by the hand so we can pray with them. But maybe, Father, those, of us, those others of us who just need to say honestly before you, Lord, Lord, there are too many times when we are afraid and we need more courage and more boldness to be able to speak on your behalf, to be those witnesses. And so, Lord, I pray that you would have your way in every heart and every life, Lord, maybe to come and pray with Pastor Joe and myself or just to come and pray silently, but that we would yield our lives to you as your disciples, that you would have your way in us. We would do whatever you want us to do. Go wherever you want us to go. Be whatever you want us to be, but to be faithful, courageous, and obedient. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. You come. God's dealt with your heart today. We'll be glad to pray with you.